ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Kiki Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Four o'clock hour, John Scromolo here with us. I had to get it out of my mouth as quick as I could. As quick as I could. Perfect. There we go. I didn't even want to mess around and then come back to it. Scromolo, Scromolo, Scromolo. I was just telling him, I said, I, oh, I don't even know what I said now. Now, I don't even want to say it again, but I always <laughs> say it wrong. I put the emphasis on the wrong O, I think. But uh, so I was like, scrumolo, scrumolo, scrumolo. It was funny. I remember doing a pregame show one time. Gosh, what was it? It was like two people's names that were the same. It was Marcel. I think it was Marcel Darius and Marcel Robinson. Okay. And uh, so we were joking around, like, in the commercial break, like, you're going to mess one of them up. You're going to mess one of them up. It's like, no, no, I got it. I got it. Like, I'm locked in. Like, I'm going to, like, win this bet and, bam, right out of the gates, mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was. So uh, Brent Martineau, along with John Scromolo, there you uh, go. he is the AD in Clay County. Give us the backdrop of, of you, actually. You were at Ridgeview for a long time in multiple roles, including the baseball coach. Yeah. And now you take on this role, which was, I think, newly created yep. along the way. And and now you're rooting for everybody in Clay County. I tell you, I tell people all the time, Brent, you know, I, I really do have the best job in the world, especially if you love business and you love athletics, you love the student-athlete experience. I get to do all of it. Um, I, my family moved here when I was, you know, when I was five years old, so I, I consider myself kind of raised in Clay County. I went to Clay County schools and graduated Clay High School and a uh, baseball guy. I played at Flagler and, and for four years, and my senior year I was I was blessed enough. I got drafted by the Dodgers, so over the years got to work with Ty. You yeah, know, I love, yeah. love coaching Good Ty. baseball that's, guy. Yep, that's right. It's been a lot of fun. And, and yeah, Ridgeview, I started out coaching uh, for the Ridgeview Panthers in 2015, and we, uh, we turned a program around there and had a lot of success a lot of fun years and um and then in, in 17 18 became the athletic director and once again a lot of fun years and then in, uh, during covid in july of covid uh the district took the plunge they see the investment that athletics has to the educational experience you know it, it's it's a lot it's what we do is about a lot more than just athletics yeah. it's it's really uh providing kids a platform to improve their academics and and that's what uh they chose to do and they created the coordinator of district athletics and development and uh, I've been doing that. This is, believe it or not, it's my third year doing Amazing. this now. It's, it goes very quick. And uh, but like I said, it's it's an awesome job, and it's a lot of fun every single day. Well, and you've done a great job, and in short order, and, and more to come, of course, down the road. But I think it's fantastic. I think uh, I'm waiting for every county to have someone like you, and obviously Tammy Talley and Duval also does a fantastic job. But it's really cool for all the schools. And we're here at Fleming Island. We've got our game of the week. Oakleaf and Fleming Island. It's your game of the week. That's I know right. you do one, but That's with right. CBS 47, Fox 30, our Friday Night Blitz with ESPN 690, our Blitz scoreboard show. This is our game of the week, and this is a big one now. You mentioned it. Two of the, the two biggest schools in Clay County, and 
what else is significant about this is two successful football programs, too. So they know how to win. They like when they win, and they probably want to beat each other pretty good. Let's sweeten the deal even more. This is a district game now. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's just like it, all the stars are aligning. Uh, two of the And just the environment. I mean, this place is going to be absolutely hopping. I mean, it's going to be packed. Uh, just that they, they both have great fan bases. They both have outstanding band programs. Uh, and if you don't think that plays into the game, yeah, that noise yeah. when you're on offense, you know, the, the bands take pride in that. <laughs> You know, there's, it's it's a it's a family affair. So uh, we're super excited for tonight's game. It's a lot of great football players too. Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned Sim Sam, Sam Singleton. He's headed to uh, Florida State, obviously. And I brought up guys like Drew Ammon, who who kind of like in your role. Uh, you would think is is really what are they? That's what a student athlete is, right? It's kind of a throwback student athlete. Drew is at Oakley. If he's a quarterback, I was mentioning he's leading goal scorer in soccer. Uh, plays multiple positions like kicking as well in in uh, football. I mean, guy does it all. That, that is a throwback in today's day and age. It is. It is. You know, and Drew's a great kid. I've I've developed a good relationship with Drew over the years. You know, I really make a point to know these kids yeah. and learn and you learn them and how and what they want to do when they leave Clay County. And Drew, uh, we every year in in May we have our big SB style award show in Clay County called the Clay County Award uh, the Clay County Athletic Award Show. Excuse me, mouthful. And uh, Drew has been a first teamer for four years wow. in multiple sports. How about that? So so I was joking with him last year his junior year he's walking down the hallway after walking on stage just ka-clank 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 with every first team medal and and uh, he'll let you know a little he'll jab you you know hey yeah just a reminder this is my you know going to be my fourth year but he's he's a humble kid it's super athletic i mean he's amazing and uh you know he he's a guy tonight that i would fully expect to uh just ball out i mean he's gonna have a lot of fun tonight you know oak leaf too um devin outlaw Devin Outlaw's got a chip on his shoulder right now. There's some other, in a good way, there's other kids in Clay County like Mike Mitchell at Middleburg that's got a lot of publicity, Sam Singleton at Fleming Island. Devin Outwall, when he was coming out of junior high, everyone, you know, hey, this guy's going to go to Georgia. He's going to go to Florida. You know, and, and he's been working hard. And, and he's tonight I think he's got something to prove in, in his own heart. Well, know? Outlaw, I think, is averaging a shade over 10 yards a carry, by mm-hmm. the way, right now. So yeah. he's already off to a heck of a start. Uh, what do games like this do, you know, for the schools but the area as well? My guess is in this kind of atmosphere, uh, probably every Friday night, that you get some community people out, too. It's not just people associated with the cheerleaders, the band, and the school, and and the football players. Uh, But also, when you get a crowd like this, hey, you need to fund sports, right? I mean, so the bigger crowds, the high school nights, that's what hurt in the pandemic. No doubt. I mean, they couldn't have fans. It was hard to fund the programs in football. I know it drives a lot in the collegiate level. It still drives a lot in the high school level, doesn't it? No doubt. It it drives mostly everything, you know, in in every district, you know, whether it's St. John's or Clay or Duval. um, We are mainly reliant on ticket sales. I mean, we there's some small things the district does, a little bit of transportation maybe, or a little bit of field maintenance money, but it's not much. I mean, it's nowhere near the operating budget of a high school athletic department. So, like you said, the, the, the community support is essential to the experience, but I think that's the, the best thing, though, is, is on Friday nights, we get to showcase what we call in Clay County the student-athlete experience, which is you know, they get four years, and, and our job as ADs and, and teachers and coaches is to make sure that those four years they have the most opportunity that they could ever have, whether that is academically or athletically or in leadership or community service. We're really focused, laser focused, on providing that experience to our student athletes. And Friday nights we get to showcase them doing those things. Yeah, I'll tell you what, too, from a dad perspective, really media guy first, right, and then dad probably covered high school for a long time. 
I thought high school had lost its luster a little bit along the way in athletics because of travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I mean, every sport you can get recruited in travel ball more than you probably get recruited in high school except for football. Mm-hmm. But even football now has seven-on-sevens. So you can get recruited off there. And I just thought, oh, man, maybe it just doesn't mean as much. Well, I've been pleasantly surprised with the experience, obviously, with my kids. And, and now that you can feel that more, you know, we feel it on Friday nights, but uh, you can feel it in all the sports. You get to know so many of the kids. I think it's really cool that it still means a lot. And you said it, the, the student-athlete experience, to me, you know, you might be getting recruited off travel ball or one of these other things. But you're still 25 years from now coming back to talk about this Friday night or that cross-country meet on Tuesday or whatever it was. The you bus know, trip. Game. You the, know, bus the bus trip. That's what, you're, that's what it always was. Yep. But I'm glad to see it kind of still is. You know, there's no, there's no such pride as wearing that jersey walking around school all day. You know, and, and it's funny. You know, I, I remember it even for myself in high school. Like, the day after the game, the yeah. first thing people ask you, teachers too, did you win? Did you, win? <laughs> you know, and that, was, <laughs> and that you know, still does matter, I guess, a it little, do, right? <laughs> it does. It does. And there's, it, but it goes back to community. You know, uh, travel sports have their place. I mean, there's, there's, and, and every sport's very different on how the recruiting process works and, and just operates opportunities in general but there's no such community as a as a high school in terms of the teachers and the custodial staff and the the admin team and the in the community it really is the definition of community and, and we get to see it uh, every single day what's next in clay county what's coming i mean you guys have really grown uh, you know the school number how many is it 43 it, or, if you overall all, total schools seven high schools middle yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and high schools seven high schools seven high schools we have six middle schools Keystone Heights is a junior senior high okay. but they do have junior high athletics so I say seven and seven we have seven high school athletic programs and then seven junior high and then everyone else is elementary but the growth in Clay County is just busting yeah. at the seams so I know you're not the superintendent but I mean correct. are there more schools coming yeah for down sure the road? yeah and I can speak to that I mean so actually we're opening a, opening a new elementary school which has been named Spring Park Elementary in Green Cove Springs. That's going to be next year. And without giving any super specifics, I do get to sit in on those meetings. There will be a high school within the next... I'm not, you know, couple of years. Yeah. You know, there's, we are already starting to talk about how that's going to look and where it's going to be and those types of things. So, yeah, we're gonna, we're eventually gonna get to eight, you know, and and um, and then keep keep growing from there. Yeah. And how important is the feeder part of that? Whether it's the programs that you guys do with the high schools, the community events that you do, or just the feeder down to, a, an elementary kid wants to say, hey, someday I'm coming to Fleming Island. Oh, someday uh, I'm going it's, to Oak it's Clay, it, right? yeah, it's essential. I mean, and the interesting part about Clay County is we don't have bona fide feeder programs per se like there's not one elementary school and one junior high is not guaranteed to go to a high school like sometimes junior highs feed to three high schools but you know there are some specific situations i remember when i was at ridgeview um the the elementary school butts up it's literally on the same property as the high school so we had an unbelievable partnership they're still doing those things on fridays they have a program called high five friday and the the high school kids walk over to the elementary yeah yeah it's 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 outstanding but really good deal it is it is it's essential but really like the the bigger feeder thing that we've really focused on in athletics is in the junior high level we're really focused on character traits so we're, we're worried about respect sportsmanship honesty and we're pounding those things at that level wins and losses uh, you know we want to win but at the end of the day we want to make sure our junior high folks are, are 
spreading the message of, of being a good citizen. So when they get to high school, they've been taught that a couple years, and that's the expectation. And, and we've seen a lot of success with that. We do a program called Character Counts, and every month we have a male and female student athlete at the junior high level that gets recognized with their principal and AD. And, and, it, and you're promoting the, the people that you want to see in the world, and, and it's starting to really take shape, which By I'm way, excited about. It isn't easy being a high school kid. Oh, it's especially with social media and yeah. the stuff they're dealing with now. Yeah, so all those things kind of add up. And yep. even a, it's probably a subconscious for them. They don't really even sometimes know they're getting it, but it's going to help them down the road yep. um, and here at the high school level as well. Well, big one tonight, 730 start, Fleming Island, Oakleaf. It's, it's kind of the biggest one there is. Uh, because of the big-time schools and the size of the schools in Clay County. It's our game of the week. It's your game of the week. Uh, we'll be out here with TV. We'll be out here with the Friday Night Blitz and, of course, the Blitz Scoreboard Show later. John Scromolo, all right, best year of baseball, uh, Flagler or in the minors or whatever. What did you, you hit? Oh, man, okay, so sophomore. Brag on yourself. Okay, Come on. so two, I, I'll give you two, all right? Two of so, them. Two of them. So sophomore year at Flagler was uh, 346. All right. Four homers. I wasn't a homer guy. I was a double guy. Okay. Double I think it right. was like 22 or 23 doubles uh but that was the last year of the old bats you know oh, which was nice. which was you know before they went um, to bb core before they went to bb core which was a little bit little different you know that's all just a little dip still over 300 though okay over a career over but you saw some of the power numbers go down a little bit uh, yeah a little bit i think i went like four sophomore uh three and three or something like that you all know right. but the doubles stayed the doubles that's stayed. good and i'm a big dude so i just had to get to second base that's all <laughs> I got, that's all i gotta worry Stop about there. yeah the Do dodgers you'll you'll appreciate this story this is unbelievable but my first at bat in the arizona rookie league uh i got walked my first at bat the second at bat was like in the fourth inning and rookie ball they throw pitchers in and out well from the bullpen Comes this is my first professional start. Comes trotting in my Flagler teammate who got drafted in the same in the really? same draft, Jono Armold. He's now the pitching coordinator for the Texas Rangers, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I get to face my college teammate. <laughs> That's I get to a three-two count, right? Foul two pitches off, and I hit the farthest ball I've ever hit in my entire life. Really? And it was my only professional home run. Uh, cool. But it was really cool. My manager got the ball for me, and, and he put it in my locker the next day. And uh, It was a short professional career, but it was it was some unforgettable, unforgettable experience. That's awesome. By the way, when you go back to that Flagler reunion, you hopefully he's there too because you're telling him about that a couple of oh, times. That's, I just told that story on repeat. <laughs> yeah. My phone, when I got back to the clubhouse that night, I had like 77 texts. It was awesome. Yeah, they were like, oh, we saw it. We saw, you know, it was, it was Good great. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Doing a great job here in Clay County as the athletic director here in charge of all the schools and the sports. And he'll be out here tonight at Fleming Island. John Scromolo. Yeah, we got it. See that? Uh, have a good one, man. Keep up the good work. Thank you. All right. Uh, Casey, that's a pretty good story right there. Farthest ball you ever hit, Casey? I don't know. Out not, of the infield? Not very far. I hit one out of the infield once or twice, I think. <laughs> Uh, you is uh, Aaron back? I'm right here, man. Okay, good. Like I never sure. left. He took I'm care good. of his his stuff. Um, what do uh, I got to go back to last night real quick, guys? What happened last night? I wanted to see all your thoughts on Amazon. Oh, the, the football the, the game. Well, my first thought was going into this thing, I was wondering how much money were they going to spend to do an impression of a National Football Broadcast. <laughs> and then after watching it, I'm looking at it going, well, I guess the answer was a whole ton of money. They did spend a lot, didn't they? There was a they lot. They got a lot. They got a they lot. Got there a was lot. all kinds of cool graphics packages. I'm watching this thing going, is there depth to those graphics? Like, are they trying to build out maybe like a virtual reality or an augmented reality platform? Because that would be cool. Like, you want to differentiate yourself 
from the NFL uh, on network TV or on ESPN, you know, you, you do some AR VR thing and now you're talking like a, like a real gimmick that I think people are spending money on. But as far as the broadcast goes, not the game, the broadcast goes, I was kind of half and half on it. I thought in game, they sounded great. I thought Kirk Herbstreet did a good job. Oh boy. Oh no. <laughs> I think know? he did a good job too. Yeah. Casey, what's the matter? That was fine. Okay. I think pregame, uh, especially the pros they had sitting around. The, look, I'm a big Fitz Magic fan. I really am. I love the guy. Uh, but I think they need to step up the quality of reporter slash commentator that they have going on in those pregame things. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see if they do that. It's new for everybody, and the, even especially the athletes, right? When they haven't been in those spots, it's going to take a little bit. It's probably an acquired taste. Casey, what was your viewing experience like? It's dope. Did you do the stats, the, the Prime Vision with stats? Uh, no. So here's what happened. I had it logged onto my TV, apparently. I'll say apparently because I'm not sure where that came from. And so I got to watch it on TV, which was great. And then here's the best part. Here's what I like about the streaming apps. I got one that has the Champions League, right? I'm not going to name any names. They're garbage. It's rendering all the time. I understand that they're in Europe and they're feeding it back to me in Jacksonville. Not so a good enough excuse. It's not a good enough excuse. No. I'm paying money for it. You know what I'm saying? Not at any point in time during my viewing experience on the phone after I gave up on the TV. Did I render? Did anything happen? That's when I use the stats, by the way, Aaron. So I will give the experience, mostly because I'm scarred from the Champions League experience, 10 out of 10. I will say that Prime Vision with the stats was kind of cool. It it's, was pretty cool. It's very similar to what, you know, Xfinity does a version of this uh, on game day, and I know uh, NFL Network does it on game day, but it is kind of cool to think you have all that access, like, right next to your picture. Now but. what would have been cool is if it showed me which ribs Herbert broke. <laughs> thing. You need You need live sports science is what you're looking for. You yeah, want to like, know what percentage of, like, uh, stamina is left in somebody's hamstring before exactly. the play starts. So, like, when you're playing the UFC video game, yeah. it will show you, like, if you are if you keep leg-kicking somebody, yeah. it'll say how much they got left. Yeah. I need them to put up a little picture of Herbert, and his ribs are dark <laughs> red because, you know, they're just gone. <laughs> Do you think... I See, I thought just poking around, I wasn't all over it because uh, we had the show Jaguars All Access last night, and so uh, I didn't really get to the broadcast part until the second half. And, like, I had an issue with the crowd noise. Like, it was weird. Yeah. And there was a sync issue at times with, like, the play was, I think we heard the audio before the play actually was happening by, like, a second. Uh, those are common things in our world. And I feel like they're going to uh, iron the, out those kinks, too. Yeah, you know? not, but at the network level, you don't usually see it, but you really don't know until you know. Right. And, until you hit go on some of that stuff. And so I kind of get it. But it was weird because I thought I poked around and I was like, somebody's complaining about this and somebody's complaining about this and somebody's complaining about this. And none of it was really like how the broadcast was being done. It was more just the, well, my stream is going out or it keeps, you know, rendering, as, as you would say, Casey, and no the, the sinks off and all that stuff. So I wonder how much they can fix. I saw somebody say they're, it's not good enough yet to stream. Do you guys believe that? Like, is streaming good enough? To carry NFL games every well, Thursday? The problem, the problem is it's it's very much dependent on your geography, right? Like, for instance, Brent, me and you live in the same part of town. Oh, boy. If we weren't on Wi-Fi... That tells you about that part of town. <laughs> I don't know what it's like in your house. I could tell you it's like I live, you know, in 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 Eastern Europe when it comes to the cellular signal, signal in my house. I got nothing, nothing at my house. I got to go, like, three minutes down the street to get to an intersection that's got actual cellular internet, but... You know, if you got Wi-Fi, you know, then you're, then you're fine. You shouldn't be watching a football game on your phone. That's the bottom line. If you need cellular data to watch a football game, you're doing it wrong, kids.
Yeah, probably not. Uh, all right, as for the game, real quick, do you guys agree with this statement from me or not? Mahomes absolutely and, and, not. Okay. And Herbert <laughs> made some, I thought, just awful throws, like oh. terrible throws. Yet they make the one, right? Down the seam was like, holy cow, how does he do that, right? Mahomes just flicks it. Boom, right over the fingertips. I think uh, it would have been J.C. Jackson. And then fourth and one, Herbert kills me on the three and a half on my pick six <laughs> because he gets him all the way down there and then completes a fourth down later. But the pass with the rib injury or the whatever injury, that pass, I mean, they have these memorable plays, guys. And I relate it to, like, Trevor and what we were talking about this week. When we had Maurice Jones-Drew on, we had Austin on, they were talking about this, the splash play. We don't see enough of those yet for Trevor that are showing up on SportsCenter and everything else. But I would make the case that overall, the body of work, Trevor probably put less balls in danger of being picked off than these two guys did last night. Oh, yeah. I think that's the point, right? You don't have the splash play without almost throwing a couple of picks first, if you're not throwing the picks first. The seam pass wasn't even, I thought, the most impressive Mahomes pass last night. He had a... uh, he had, like, a sidearm pass across his body. The touchdown? Yeah, that went, like, through two defenders' hands to get to his receiver. It was insanity. And the you guy throws some wacky passes sometimes. And you're watching it. i got to imagine, as a Chiefs fan, you've gotten used to it. But, like, you're wa- I don't know. If this was my quarterback, if this was uh, Zach Wilson or uh, the aging contract of Joe Flacco or uh, Trevor Wilson this Sunday, uh, Trevor Lawrence this Sunday for the Jags, you're watching that pass go, no, don't throw that. What are you doing? Casey, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that what they are? Was that? Do you think they put more in danger last night? Because, I mean, I'm t- there was one pass from Mahomes where he got rushed, and he was getting rushed, by the way. It also shows you the impact of that because the Chargers were getting to him. But he, like, lofted it just over the line of scrimmage, and I have no idea how the pass wasn't picked off. Like, there were, like, four Chargers right around there lofted it <laughs> Like, put some air under it. And I was like, where is he going with that pass? And then, like, Herbert, as good as he could be, he threw totally behind a wide-open guy. I forget who it was at this point, but Everett maybe. And I was just like, that is a terrible throw. And I guess it just points out to me these guys, everybody's going to make bad throws and plays. You've got to, this day and age, make the highlight reel to get people talking about you. And that is what Trevor has yet to do. Yeah, so what we're not going to do oh boy. is put Trevor in the conversation with Herbert and Mahomes. Oh, just make a comparison. You can have a common-sense conversation without doing that. Nobody's doing that. But the bottom line is we're talking about similar stuff. These guys can play bad, too. I think, they you're, play I think you're really good. I think you're over-exaggerating maybe two or three bad throws from each guy. Oh, there was way also, more than two or three bad throws. <laughs> I, way more than two or three bad throws. <laughs> way more. I also think Herbert was kind of uh, playing with this rib issue. You could see he was wincing after every throw, holding on to his side, and then gearing up and launching one down the field and then wincing all over again. It had to be real painful. And by the way, don't think Chargers fans and the Chargers organization aren't sitting here going, oh, no. The last time there was a rib issue with a quarterback on this team was Tyrod Taylor. He goes to the team doctor for a cracked rib, and the doctor punctures Tyrod's lung with the rib. So I'm sure they're going to be extra, extra gentle with Justin Herbert. I'm going to give you guys big picture, though, of what Casey's just saying. And, and this is what happens, I think, to us as uh, fans, right, or w- viewers of the sport. And we don't care about all the other stuff. Just get it done. Get it in. Right? Get it done. 
And like, I still feel like coming off this game, Herbert, which he should be credited for the toughness, getting more love for the pass play that he completed than losing the football game on a pick six. Yeah. It wasn't all Everett's fault. Like, he lost the football game for them guys, and he gets like, nobody's really saying anything. You know why? Because he's built up equity, because he's had good performances, and that's another thing. Like, a guy like Trevor hasn't built up enough equity yet to get away with stuff. But also, last night was a really gutty performance. Yeah, it was for the final two minutes. They should have taken him out, but... You're absolutely wrong about that, by the way. Brandon Staley lost him the game. You had a tight end that is begging to come out of the game, doesn't take him out, and then they throw it to him when he can't even stand up. Well, the throw to him was... Make the sub. Might have been Herbert's decision. But I don't think he could get out. I think he tried, and they just didn't have enough time. They're running that two-minute drill. I don't no, disagree. that was earlier in the game. The pick six was like seven minutes left. Okay. Yeah, just it, wait it, a second. Oh, yeah. Wait, you ha- you have like, the momentum. Yeah, no. I mean, Casey, you're not wrong. But, okay, but now – so that's what I'm talking about, though. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing you or anybody else. I'm saying that's what needs to take place for guys. You have to build equity. If any of these really good quarterbacks do anything really bad, you're like, it's okay. Like, even Burrow. Why isn't Burrow all over everywhere this week? He threw four picks. The Super Bowl quarterback, with all the swag, threw four picks. Ah, but he was a Super Bowl quarterback, and to your point, Casey, earlier this week, he rallies them late. And so you're like, okay, that's cool, he rallied them late. He got the job done. I just think it's a wild dynamic when you watch these other guys. They don't play perfect football, is the point. But when it's time to make a big play, or that highlight real play, they're really good at it. Or and normally, I, when it's time to put the team on the shoulders, they got some pretty broad shoulders there. Yeah, uh, and and I think, I think this really just goes full circle on what the conversation has been, at least on this show, at least for me, this whole week about Trevor. He needs more of those kind of plays. Remember when Austin asked Brent, like, what's the splash play? Well, it was Indianapolis last year. But then go to the second one, and you're like, well, I, I don't know. You know, he need, you need to be able to roll off a list of five, your top five. Yeah. Like, boom, 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 which people can do with all these other quarterbacks right now. So I think if he makes splash plays, I think he'll buy himself some equity on the stuff that doesn't go right. We'll see if that happens Sunday or through the rest of this year, too, uh, along the way. And, no, I'm not comparing Trevor to Mahomes and Herbert, but isn't that who we want to hold this standard to? Oh, God, yes. We'll be back. I can't wait to ask Casey how he did on the picks this week. That's coming up next. Great friends on ESPN 690. We're live at Fleming Island High School. Friday's presented by Nimnick View at GMC and Baker Sports. It's big time, Brent Martino. Let's do it. I wasn't ready. Oh, you're not ready? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have the thing up. Take two. Yeah, okay, we're ready. Uh, last week, I don't know who won, but I did lose. Oh, and six. 
Oh, that's a good week. Six. I did not get ah. a single one. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm I just, just said. Ah. You did it again. Nice. <laughs> the weird noise. That was a very weird noise. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure who won. All I know is I lost. You know the story. 0-6, not very good. But I was channeling my inner Brent Martineau from last year when he went 0-6 multiple times. I won. Oh, sure. Back did you win? Week. No, but I'll, if I say it and no one checks it, then it, everyone feels like it's rude. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway. Uh, we start with college football, and we start tonight with the game tonight. You probably know what it is by now. Florida State at Louisville. Florida State minus two and a half, the favorites, by a field goal. And we will start with Casey. He's picking FSU. <laughs> yeah, baby. Florida State covers. It's a good pick. I, I like Florida State, too, here. I do. I think you're going to get it done. I think it's just a better team, really. I mean, got one player really to worry about. We'll play some clean football, keep the momentum going, get off to a 3-0 start, Aaron Schachter. You know, I hate to do the same thing you guys do because uh, I'm a contrarian by nature, but uh, I'm going Florida State tonight. Even though home team is 5-2 and two in the last seven, I think Florida State wins this one. And covers. You got a pick from Mark DeVoli? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Hang on. Oh, you are ready. <laughs> oh. Louisville. What? Game picker up or opportunity for Mark DeVoli from DeVoli's House of Cards? How about that? go. All right, we got that locked in, and now we go to game number two on the slate for college football. I bet against them twice, but I won't do it again. BYU, for some reason, plus three and a half at Oregon. So I'm confused about that one. BYU is taking care of business two straight weeks. They just beat Baylor. Like I said, bet against them twice. Won't do it a third time. Give me BYU plus three and a half. Aaron? I'm actually going Ducks in this one. Not only can I believe the Ducks can win this game, I'm going to an adult birthday party on Saturday. They're from that part of the country, big Ducks fans. I'd hate to have to root against them all. I feel even better about that pick now because it's an adult birthday party. (laughs) What happens at an adult birthday party? You don't want to know, Brent. You do not want to know. Lots of fun stuff. (laughs) Uh, BYU for Mark Tavoli, by the way. And I'm taking the Ducks, too. I think Vegas knows something here. Vegas always knows something. I'm going with Oregon. Beautiful. Got that locked in, and we go to the last college game of the weekend. For I like us. how you do the sound effects. You can even hear it. You're locking them in. Yeah, I'm locking them in. I'm putting so much money on it as we speak. The Penn State <laughs> Nittany Lions will travel to SEC country and play Auburn. Penn State, the favorites, though, on the road, minus three. Uh, Aaron Schachter, why don't yeah. you start? Unfortunately for my family, big Auburn fans, War Eagle. Uh, I'm going to go Penn State in this one. I think they got this one pretty easily. Mm, this is a tough one because I don't think any, either one of them are good. But I'm going to go. I do this one for the Harveys and uh, pick the uh, Auburn Tigers as well. And so does Mark Devoli, which means that leaves a game picker upper option for the Nittany Lions and Casey Kurtz. Didn't you just pick Penn State, Darren? I picked Penn State. Yes. So oh, I thought he said Auburn. Oh, he said Auburn. I His said my family Auburn. will be upset. Yeah. I'm picking Penn State. <laughs> Well, then, then maybe it's an Aaron game picker-upper. It's not. I will also go with, with Penn State. They're a better team. Uh, Auburn is not very good fully. So I think uh, you picked three road teams this week, no? Three or four? It don't matter. I picked a better team in those games. Okay. Uh, by the way, so uh, let me just click a couple buttons here. and We're back. We, got here. <laughs> we go to the NFL, boys, and we start with the GOAT. The Tampa Bay Bucks will be on the road in New Orleans. Still the favorites, though, which surprises me. Yep. Minus two and a half. The Saints plus two and a half. I'll start. Tom Brady can't beat the Saints. And if you're giving me points as well, give me the Saints plus two and a half. I like it, too, actually. I'm picking the uh, Saints to beat the Bucks. Isn't it a weird thing that they have their number the way they do? And Meanwhile, Bucks for Mark Tavoli. What say you, Aaron? 
Man, this feels gross, but I'm going Saints also. Uh, the reality is that Bucks defense is good, but the Saints need to explode on offense. I think we'll see it this weekend. I do not have faith in that Bucks offense to really turn it up against the high-powered Saints offense. That defense is nothing to sneeze at either. I think the Saints win this one at home. The only team Aaron Schachter has believed in on this show more than the Jets, and that's the Miami Dolphins. They will travel to Baltimore and get three and a half points when they get on the plane. Ravens minus three and a half at home, Brent. I love the Ravens here uh, to get it done. Uh, Mark Devoli says the Dolphins with the points, Ooh. but I'll take the Ravens going away, and they go to 2-0. and Aaron. Not only will I take the Ravens, but Casey, if you want to get on the board with me, we could double up those points, and I'll give you a five-and-a-half-point spread if you're taking the Dolphins. I will take the Ravens because that's a no-brainer. Dang it. <laughs> By the way, uh, we've all picked, Mark Devoli has like four or five game picker uppers in this situation. He does. So. He could be. Big. It could be real good or real ugly for Devoli this week. And we come to the final game. Last week it was a clean sweep for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody picked them, and everybody lost. Not as much as me because I put real money on them. So, will it be a clean sweep again? Will the curse be continued? The Jags are getting three and a half at home, and Brett Martino's picking who? I, uh, you are such a fool, by the way, but uh, I am picking, I still think there's plenty of positivity. I go with trends when I pick, mm. and the Colts haven't won here since 2014. I like the Jags. I think they really need to get this win, and uh, I'm going to take the Jags to not only cover three and a half at all. Don't say win. But win the football game, people. Right. They win the football game. Meanwhile, Mark Devoli has Indianapolis to cover the four. Aaron? It's a theme for Mark this week, huh? He seriously has a game picker upper in five games. <laughs> Here's the thing. I really don't want to take the Colts, but I find it hard to believe with everyone playing for their, essentially in that front office for their careers, that uh, the Colts come in here and lose this game, especially after what happened at the end of the season last year. I think they win this game. And cover? And cover. Yeah, what is it? Three, three or three, three and, and a half? Three and a half. Oh. And hook. Not, not cover. So you're taking the Jags? Yeah. Well, I'm taking the Jags, yes, if we're talking point spread. That's what the whole segment is, Aaron. What do you mean if we're taking the point spread? Do you not this understand just the in. point Listen. of the game? This just in. We're, well, look, hey, in the fight for the Fedora last week, I went 5-10, and 10, I think it was, or something like that, if that's even possible with all the games going on. But. So just to be clear, you're picking the Jags. Are we picking games right now? Is that what's happening? He's got the Jags. Yes. We locked I've it in. I've got the Jags. Plus three and a half. He's got the Jags. Well, I hate this more than ever now. Give me the Jags. Oh, what's the problem? Because I know how this ends. <laughs> I, I, th this audio for the second straight week comes back in an opener or rejoiner. It happened last week, and it probably happens again on Monday. Stay tuned to find out, but I'm still taking the Jags. Weren't you guys a little surprised by the line in this game? Actually, when it came out, they haven't been successful here, even when they're way better than the Jags. The Jags do look like they've closed the gap a little bit in terms of their talent, uh, and they were... Indy's unimpressive in week one. A little surprise here, three and a half. Like, I could see a little bit of a favorite, but I thought that three and a half was a little bit much by Vegas. I mean, technically, if the, me. if the game was in Indy, that line would be closer to six based on how Vegas feels about yeah, the field advantage. Yeah, and I still that might have been too much. But again, you're it, you can't say it's in Indy because down here is a clear, the Jags have an advantage. Yeah. Like, they own them down here. So, and, but Vegas doesn't care. It's like Vegas didn't. Read that athletic article you were telling us about. <laughs> yeah, they're not busy prepping <laughs> for our show. 
<laughs> All right, uh, we're going to put a bow on this show when we come back. Some final thoughts about the NFL this weekend and uh, from this high school football night. Fleming Island and Oakleaf, our game of the week. Blitz scoreboard show, 9 o'clock tonight. Just on the social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Watch it there. We'll show you live video, graphics, have a lot of fun. Uh, and on the radio side, you get FSU football all night long, starting at 5 o'clock as they're up in Louisville, and they're playing on a Friday night. Uh, we'll also have our high school coverage on TV, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.15 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But we'll put a bow on this show, our Friday coverage, once again, presented by Baker Sports and Nimnick Buick GMC here on ESPN 690. It's a Friday. I'm Brent and Friends on ESPN 690 getting ready for our high school coverage and Blitz scoreboard show. And it's always presented by Nimnick Buick GMC. We're out here at Fleming Island. How about this? They have new inventory on the lot and ready for delivery now at Nimnick Buick GMC. Nimnick has more models on the ground than they've had in over a year. Truckloads of new GMC Sierras, Canyons, Yukon, Yukon XLs, Acadias, Terrains, plus new Buick Encore and Encore GX, Envisions and Enclaves. Never pay over MSRP at Nimnick Buick GMC. Reserve yours today online at NimnickBuickGMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. Welcome back, everybody, to Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. is a shortened show because FSU football is coming up at 5 o'clock. Brent Mortonware and Schachter, Casey Kurtz, and we are at Fleming Island outside the old GMC Sierra right now. Love this truck. And uh, love to hang out on a Friday here at the high schools, get ready for the big games. We've got Oakleaf and Fleming Island for our Friday night blitz coverage on TV, CBS 47, Fox 30, and, of course, on ESPN 690 later tonight when Coach Kevin Sullivan joins Casey and I for the Blitz Scoreboard Show. What has your attention, fellas, around the NFL this weekend? We had a big game last night, right? That's a blockbuster quarterback matchup. And we obviously have talked at length about the Jags. Uh, what should we be looking for uh, in week number two of the NFL season where we find out if what we saw, saw is reality from week one or was it a little bit of a lie? Well, I'll tell you a game that's going to have a lot of eyeballs on it that will uh, definitely meet out who a liar is out west, whether it's AFC or NFC. You've got the 0-1 Cardinals taking on the 0-1 Raiders, and someone's coming out of there winless and in a panic attack. Yeah. I thought about that a little bit, too. I mean, I could see Arizona winning that game. And can you imagine all the moves they made with Las Vegas? And if they're 0-2, yeah. it might not even be a bad 0-2, but Doesn't it might matter. be 0-2. It's 0-2. Right? It's 0-2 in the AFC West where you know you're going to be digging all year. So, Yeah, and the Chiefs usually – well, I shouldn't say usually, but they have started slow at times. That's not the case right now. No, they're 2-0 they're, and they're in clicking. cooking. And so it looks like the Bills and Chiefs, man, people are going to be chasing them all year long in that AFC, don't you think? It feels that way for sure, yeah. You, get, you don't really see any other, do, at least you know, after week one going into week two, dominant forces that are really presenting themselves. Maybe you know the Chargers get it together as Herbert heals himself, but it seems like it may be a couple of weeks before that happens. Casey, let me give you a couple other storylines here. Giants could go to 2-0. and They get the Panthers. That's not a, you know, an incredibly difficult game. Now, I kind of think the Panthers are going to win that game, but the Giants could be 2-0 and under Dable. That'd be a heck of a story in New York. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. And then how will, Dan- how will they feel about Daniel Jones after that? So, yeah, that is um, a storyline. I think there's a few of them, but if you're asking me the game that I'm most interested in, it'll be the last one to kick off of the whole entire week. 
two Monday night games, and I'm talking the second of the two. Give me the Vikings and the Eagles. Good NFC matchup. That is a great yeah. football game. By the way, you can hear it on the station right here, but uh, you got to wait till Monday night. But, uh, yeah, that is a huge game. I don't know if either of those teams are fake, but I want to see how the Eagles respond to uh, a team that's going to be able to keep up with them from the get-go where the Lions kept up from behind. Yeah, good point. I'll give you one more, guys, too. Steelers and Patriots. I think Steelers are going to win that game. Patriots could be 0-2. Patriots could be 0-2. Yeah. I'll tell you I'll about that. I'll tell you who else could be 0-2, and, and it's probably a little more pertinent to uh, our purview, is the Tennessee Titans yes. taking on the Bills in that early Monday night game. Obviously, the Bills are favored. Tennessee comes out of that most likely if that holds up with an 0-2 record, and that's a pretty ugly start for a team a lot of people pick to either win the AFC South or be in the running for it. Guys, if the Jaguars win, they seriously could be in first place by the end of the weekend. That's true. No, if they just win their game. on Denver. Uh, they certainly could. And by the way, we'll get our Jags coverage rolling on Sunday morning with ESPN 690 Game Day Live from the Duval House. Come out and support uh, the Empowered Kitchen. There's always a charity there. The Empowered Kitchen is the charity of choice on Sunday, so you can help out and funds go toward uh, their work. But we'll be out there. Come on out and say hello. We'll have ESPN tent out there. We'll have a big party going out at the Duval House right off the foot of the Hart Bridge, 9 a.m. until kickoff on ESPN 690 Game Day Live. We've got your Sunday night football on ESPN 690. And then Monday, back at it with Monday Morning Madness. That's going to be Casey and Brian Middleton because we've got the Dream 18 golf tournament. So I'll check in. But uh, those guys are going to take the reins on Monday morning, 8 a.m. until 10 a.m., the newest show in town. We'll see you tonight. Blitz scoreboard show coming up 9 p.m. just on the social media channels. Time to hand off the Florida State football in Louisville here on a Friday night for Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. I'm Brett Martineau. Have a great weekend, everybody.